This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Joy Chan. The Romance of Tristan and Isolt by Joseph Bedier. Translated by H. Belloc. Part the Second. The Ordeal by Iron. Denolan, Andret, and Gondorin held themselves safe. Tristan was far over sea, far away in service of a distant king, and they beyond his power. Therefore, during a hunt one day, as the king rode apart in a glade where the pack would pass, and hearkening to the hounds, they all three rode towards him and said, O king, we have somewhat to say. Once you condemned the queen without judgment, and that was wrong. Now you acquit her without judgment, and that is wrong. She is not quit by trial, and the barons of your land blame you both. Counsel her, then, to claim the ordeal in God's judgment, for since she is innocent, she may swear on the relics of the saints, and hot iron will not hurt her. For so custom runs, and in this easy way are doubts dissolved. But Mark answered, God strike you, my Cornish lords, how you hunt my shame! For you I have exiled my nephew, and now what would you now? Would you have me drive the queen to Ireland too? What novel plaints have you to plead? Did not Tristan offer you battle in this matter? He offered battle to clear the queen for ever. He offered and you heard him all. Where then were your lances and your shields? Sire, they said, we have counselled you loyal counsel as lieges, and to your honour, henceforward we hold our peace. Put aside your anger and give us your safeguard. But Mark stood up in the stirrup and cried, out of my land and out of my peace, all of you. Tristan I exiled for you, and now go you in turn, out of my land. But they answered, Sire, it is well. Our keeps are strong and fenced, and stand on rocks not easy for men to climb. And they rode off without a salutation. But the king, not tarrying for huntsman or for hound, but straight away, spurred his horse to Tintagel, and as he sprang up the stairs, the queen heard the jangle of his spurs upon the stones. She rose to meet him, and took his sword as she was wont, and bowed before him, as it was also her wont to do. But Mark raised her, holding her hands, and when Isolt looked up she saw his noble face in just that wrath she had seen before the faggot fire. She thought that Tristan was found, and her heart grew cold, and without a word she fell at the king's feet. He took her in his arms and kissed her gently till she could speak again, and then he said, "'Friend, friend!' What evil tries you? Sire, I am afraid, for I have seen your anger. Yes, I was angered at the hunt. My lord, should one take so deeply the mischances of a game? Mark smiled and said, No, friend, no chance of hunting vexed me, but those three felons whom you know, and I have driven them forth from my land. Sire, what did they say, or dare to say of me? What matter? I have driven them forth. Sire, all living have this right, to say the word they have conceived, and I would ask a question. But from whom shall I learn save from you? I am alone in a foreign land, and have no one else to defend me. They would have it that you should quit yourself by solemn oath, and by the ordeal of iron, saying that God was a true judge, and that as the queen was innocent, she herself should seek judgment as would clear her for ever. This was their clamour and their demand incessantly. 
"'But let us leave it. "'I tell you I have driven them forth.' Isolde trembled, but looking straight at the king, she said, "'Sire, call them back. "'I will clear myself by earth. "'But I bargain this, "'that on the appointed day you call King Arthur "'and Lord Gawain, Gerflet, Kay the Seneschal, "'and a hundred of his knights to ride to the sandy heath "'where your land marches with his, "'and a river flows between. "'For I will not swear before your barons alone, "'lest they should demand some new thing, "'unless there should be no end to my trials. "'But if my warranters, King Arthur and his knights, be there, the barons will not dare dispute the judgment. But as the heralds rode to Cadrill, Isolt sent to Tristan secretly, her squire Perinus, and he ran through the underwood, avoiding paths, till he found the hut of Ori, the woodman, where Tristan for many days had awaited news. Perinus told him all, the ordeal, the place and the time, and added, My lord, the queen would have you on that day and place, come dressed as a pilgrim, so that none may know you unarmed so that none may challenge, to the sandy heath. She must cross the river to the place appointed. Beyond it, where Arthur and his hundred knights will stand, be you also, for my lady fears the judgment, but she trusts in God. Then Tristan answered, Go back, friend Perinus, return you to the queen, and say that I will do her bidding. And you must know that as Perinus went back to Tintagel, he caught sight of that same woodman who had betrayed the lovers before and the woodman, as he found him, had just dug a pitfall for wolves and for wild bulls, and covered it with leafy branches to hide it. And as Perinus came near, the woodman fled. But Perinus drove him, and caught him, and broke his staff and his head together, and pushed his body into the pitfall with his feet. On the appointed day, King Mark and Isolt, and the barons of Cornwall, stood by the river, and the knights of Arthur, and all their host were arrayed beyond and just before them, sitting on the shore, was a poor pilgrim, wrapped in cloak and hood, who held his wooden platter and begged alms. Now as the Cornish boats came to the shoal of the further bank, Isolt said to the knights, My lord, how shall I land without befouling my clothes in the river mud? Fetch me a ferryman. And one of the knights hailed the pilgrim and said, Friend, truss your coat and try the water. Carry you, the queen, to shore, unless you fear the burden." But as he took the queen in his arms, she whispered to him, Friend, and then she whispered to him lower still, Stumble you upon the sand. And as he touched shore, he stumbled, holding the queen in his arms, and the squires and boatmen with their oars and boat-hooks drove the poor pilgrim away. But the queen said, Let him be, some great travail and journey has weakened him. And she threw to the pilgrim a little clasp of gold. Before the tent of King Arthur was spread a rich Nicene cloth upon the grass, and the holy relics were set on it, taken out of their covers and their shrines. And round the holy relics on the sward stood a guard more than a king's guard, for Lord Gawain, Gerflet, and Kay the Seneschal kept ward over them. The queen, having prayed God, took off the jewels from her neck and hands, and gave them to the beggars around. She took off her purple mantle and her overdress, and her shoes with their precious stones, and gave them also to the poor that loved her. She kept upon her only the sleeveless tunic, and then with her arms and feet quite bare, she came between the two kings, and all around the barons watched her in silence, and some wept, for near the holy relics was a brazier burning. And trembling a little, she stretched her right hand towards the bones and said, 
king of Logos and of Cornwall, my lords Gawain and Kay and Gerflet, and all of you that are my warranters, by these holy things and all the holy things of earth, I swear that no man has held me in his arms, saving King Mark, my lord, and that poor pilgrim. King Mark, will that oath stand? Yes, queen, he said, and God see to it. Amen, said Isolt, and then she went near the brazier, pale and stumbling, and all were silent. The iron was red, but she thrust her bare arms among the coals and seized it, and bearing it, took nine steps. Then, as she cast it from her, she stretched her arms out in a cross, with the palms of her hands wide open, and all men saw them fresh and clean and cold. Seeing that great sight, the kings and the barons and the people stood for a moment silent. Then they stirred together, and they praised God loudly all around. End of the Ordeal by Iron End of Part the Second